DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to bring in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. He joins us on the T-Mobile and Sprint special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Morning. I remember when I was a kid and the Chargers sucked forever, and they won a division title. Not a playoff game, not a Super Bowl, a division title. And a columnist started his column with, they are champions at last, and the city is awash with euphoria. I don't know why that sticks with me, but it does. And then I thought of the Lakers winning championship, and I thought of Steve Cleveland, Laker lifer, you know, went to UC Irvine, was right there in the Southland for a, a lot of drama and a lot of good times, and I'm thinking... They are champions at last. Yeah, it's been a long, grueling decade, hasn't it, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it has. Finding uh, out how the other half lives. What? The lottery uh, again? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you what. I, I, we, we've talked about this, and uh, I think this thing could have been done a little bit earlier if we had just kind of gone small from the get-go. But, uh, you know, last night... Uh, watching that game and obviously LA had a focus and I don't think any, I don't think Miami had much left in the tank. They had, they had played so well and given so much, but uh, to actually see them do this, I, I just love it when Anthony Davis was inside, you know, where he'd be around the hoop, he could rebound the ball better. He could actually defend better down there, have a presence. Uh, he could step out and they're, they're just better defensively when uh, they could pretty much switch one to five a lot of times. Uh, it's just the game came easier when you didn't play two bigs in there, and it made it easier to defend, they better offensively, and, uh, and, and Davis then could be a threat on pick and pops. When he's a screener uh, and you got LeBron coming off of it and they got to give help, there were just so many little things that I just felt watching this series that I said this series is going on too long, longer than it should have, and that's not taking anything away from Miami because they were incredible. But uh, I just felt like the matchups were in L.A.'s advantage if they went small. And uh, it, it worked out well, and, and they, they dominated. Yeah, I was thinking of you when they did that because they made an, a note of it that Caruso, I don't think it ever started, and there he was in the starting lineup. And then by the second quarter, they're up 30. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that old basketball coach over there in Fresno knows what he's talking about because <laughs> that, that obviously was a massive difference. And maybe they would have won anyway because I agree with you that the Heat were pretty much out of gas and expecting somebody like Jimmy Butler just to play out of his mind uh, every single game is almost difficult. Uh, it's maybe too difficult to ask. He was brilliant for stretches for sure. Why do you think it took the uh, coaching staff of the Lakers? I don't know if they were reluctant. It just took them a long time to get to this point. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it did take a long time, and, and, and you got doses of it during the course of the game. You know, uh, they'd, they'd substitute to that point in the middle of a game. But if you, if you watched that game last night, I mean, they switched everything right at the point of the ball. I mean, there was no space. And when you were having to show and, and you know, heads out and then get back, they, those Miami shooters were so good that they didn't need but just a little bit of space. But when all of a sudden now you could switch one to five and be there right at the line of the ball and contest shots, it made it much, much more difficult for Miami to get good looks. 
And what that does for a team is it gives you confidence. It gives you confidence to be a better defender than you probably really are because it's a whole, it's, it's more than some of the parts where we're connected on a rope here. And it, it doesn't matter. No one's going to, you know, occasionally someone might slip a screen and dive to the basket and so forth. But if you've got good help side, that's not going to be. But that wasn't what was beating, you know, certainly Anderson and uh, uh, the little young guard. They, they, they were shooting that thing. They had space. They, they had little to no space. And so I don't know why it took so long, but it was, it was once you saw it, you go, okay, I get it. And Anthony Davis was so much, he, his, his statistics may not have been as, as good as they would be where he's on the perimeter, but when he can go from being inside out, he, he's just such a threat. And, but I like him around the basket. They needed him to be a rebounder. And, and, and that's what he, I mean, he had 15 boards when he's out there playing the four, you know, he seldom got inside. He just seemed like a he was just stuck out there. And he was no he was kinda in between where you're in no man's land. You can't help the team offensively, you can't help them defensively. And making an occasional three and an ooh and off play, that wasn't gonna get it done if they were gonna beat Miami. So um yeah, it it was better that way and it made it much more difficult on Miami. They they could not get the separation that they had, had previous games. I thought of you, especially on one play, and I know it's just one play in a massive second quarter when they blow the game open, but there was an inbounds underneath, and when you put one big guy with four guys spread around the, the well, you have one guy inbounding the ball, but three other guys on the, uh, on the three-point line, they inbounded underneath to him, AD, and he just turns, pivots, and dunks. Like, there's no help when there's no second big guy. And it seems so obvious, and you pointed it out to us multiple times, which makes me think that it must be something, because their whole coaching staff, there's a bunch of guys who are smart enough to figure that out. There's no way that none of those guys figured this out. That tells me there's something about personal relationships, friendships, loyalty, and they didn't make the move because they were winning so easily. They never yeah. lost a second game in any other series. They were never close to losing the series. Maybe one series they lost a game one. Maybe it was the Rockets. But they were never close to it. But once they lost a second game, they're like, to the relationships and the friendships and the loyalty, we're, we're, we're not messing around anymore. Do you think that's you know, why that plays out that way? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And I, I don't think any of us really understand what it's like to, to kind of be in a in – a, atmosphere for four months that is so unlike their lives and that maybe is the, the greatest job that every every one of those coaches that came down there to get these guys to keep them focused to be together that we can do this i know it seems like oh yeah this is a bunch of millionaires living in you know swimming pools and and tennis courts and pickleball courts and and you can go out and fish you know it seems like a great holiday but it's not something that they were used to. I mean, where you just can't leave. You felt like that bubble felt a little bit like prison. You know, we can't leave it. And that plays on your head and your mind. I and mean, a lot of these guys are young and being away from family and friends and loved ones. Uh, you had to, you had to really, really, uh, outside of basketball as a coaching staff, do things to bring them together. And that culture that they developed, I mean, every team, has its characters and guys that are harder to coach than others. Um, but I, I guess I would credit all the NBA teams for how they focused, uh, but certainly for those that had to be there for four months. 
I, I know to a lot they may seem like, well, hey, they, these are the richest guys in the world. They're prima donnas. You know, what, what, what's hard about it? But the mental part of it, the emotional part of it, being away from you know, people that you're used to being around every day can take its toll on you. And I think we saw evidence of that from several of the players. We just talked about uh, just the emotions and the mental uh, breakdowns and, and just uh, the loneliness and a little bit of depression that existed with a lot of different players. So, yes, I think there was an opportunity to really come together. And uh, the Lakers, uh, they, they did a great job of that. You know, their staff, their coaches, all the support people. Um, and, and, not, and having LeBron James as a mentor and, and as a captain and as someone that is, is outspoken, um, he must have done a lot of things off, off the floor, away from everybody. I, I can just see him mentoring and helping. So, and it's not that other teams didn't do that as well. I'm sure they did. I mean, Jimmy Butler had a huge influence on those young players. But uh, that bubble was really, really difficult. And, uh, you know, those seri- all, a lot of those series would have gone differently had they had to have gone to a home court and, you know, four times instead of three or, you know, the neutral court. I mean, it was all good, but it was the same for everyone. But I, I completely agree with you. Uh, it, uh, it was amazing how they were able to keep it together. And, 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 and culture is hard. In a, in a normal environment, but they found ways to really stay connected. And they bought in and give LeBron a great deal of that credit. And then the guy that, to me, it, obviously if LeBron or AD aren't there, they're not going to win it. But Rondo was the X factor here. And I don't, I don't think they win the series the way things were going without Rondo. And uh, he, he had the ability to, I mean, I don't know, he just had the confidence, guys trust him. And more than anything, LeBron James trusted him. I mean, obviously he had a lot to do with him being there. But Rondo made huge plays, uh, able to score on his own, and was just kind of a glue guy from that experience that he had had. Um, he, he, he was the X factor. He's the reason, he, he's what got the Lakers where they got to. I mean, obviously they'd never get there without LeBron and AD, but... You're going to take someone outside of that. Rajon Rondo was incredible. Fun to watch. They needed a guy like that. Not that the other guys, Carlo Pope, didn't do good things and Green Crusoe, but Rondo's a real point guard. And uh, he kept that team together and found ways to get easy baskets. And that's hard to do in playoff time. Yeah, just how valuable are those veteran guys who have been there, done that, and by the time you get them, they're really only interested in winning. That's the truth. That is the absolute truth. There are no distractions. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's a 21-year-old guy that's, you know, can't wait for practice to get over so I can get over there and go fishing in the afternoon. Uh, no, he, he was there. And I, that's the same mindset that LeBron James had. And, and, you know, you look at Danny Green. He won, you know, he won championships in San Antonio, Toronto, now L.A., and at North Carolina. <laughs> you know? I mean, he, he's got a championship pedigree, and he, he took a lot of heat for missing that shot. But, you know, Danny Green was a valuable piece of that team, too, and, and especially defensively and hitting timely threes. Uh, I felt bad for him. He kind of got uh, blasted by his, the fan base and some ugliness there. But Danny Green has, has had a pedigree that also he's been there before, has done this, and could uh, glean from those experiences. 
Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, Sunday night, while the Lakers are clinching the title, but the game's a blowout, and the ALCS game, one is on, and a really good Sunday night football game is on. Those games are both very competitive, high-end teams. Seahawks or PK's pick to win it all. They're 5-0. and I haven't seen the ratings yet, but they must be terrible. I'm thinking the NBA's got to be feeling a lot of pressure to start this next season in January so they can finish it in August and kind of have the normal amount of days off and all that, and it takes about eight months to play it out. I just can't think they want to compete with football again. No, no. And I I had heard uh, Adam Silver uh, in a conversation just recently, you know, because there was a lot of talk that they wanted to do something in December. And uh, and I think that's been next. And first of all, these, the, this, the whole thing, everybody needs kind of a rest yeah. <laughs> and just to walk away from it and take away from it. But I think it starts in January. What will be unique, and I've heard conversations, there's a narrative about the Olympics, but it, it appears that Adam Silver is, is going to start in January, and uh, which is the end of football. So it will almost be over. I'm not sure when they're going to have their Super Bowl and all that's going to happen. But for the most part, uh, get this thing done, uh, but there is going to be a conflict with with the Olympics, and it didn't seem like they were going to. At least at this point, doesn't seem like they're going to be willing to rearrange the schedule and play more games during a week so we can accommodate the Olympics. I think it's more, uh, you know, what the best players on the teams that aren't in the playoffs and the best college and you know players, they'll be the ones that make up the the Olympic team. So I don't I don't think the NBA. Uh, I think they want to get back to some normalcy. Uh, and, and I'm sure the season will end a little bit later, but then everything will be back to normal. But I could see the Olympics in terms of the team there. It won't be the same type of a team. Plus the fact I, I could see a lot of the really great older players thinking to themselves, you know, I've already done this. We've been playing for two years straight here. It's been a long, long season. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, I'm going to take a break on the Olympics and let younger players get involved in it. So, and the Olympics are huge. Our, you know, our country, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, and we take great pride in it. But I, I would be really, really surprised if the NBA tweaks their season. Doesn't seem like they're going to do it. I, I don't think they should. There's plenty of good college players and other pros, and, and uh, they can represent the country. That's the most important thing is you represent the country. It's, it's great if you want a medal, but just represent the country in a great way. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's been, this has been a long, long process, and uh, I mean, we think about it. We've been we've been on the air for about a long, long time. <laughs> Usually, this is about a five or six month deal. <laughs> so we get. I hope you're not getting tired of me. No, not no. at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I enjoy being on with you guys. But it, you know, you start thinking about it. That, man, we've been talking basketball for a long time, <laughs> and uh, but it's been good. And I, and I'm. I am happy. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of any any real team, but just being from L.A. and, and as you've mentioned, the Dodgers and, and the Lakers are teams I kind of grew up with, the Rams. Uh, I, I like it. I'm happier when they win if they don't. I don't lose a lot of sleep if they don't, but uh, uh, it, it is nice to see some of the folks from the homeland doing well. Well, Steve, we want to thank you for uh, sticking with us through the NBA's longest year. I was... <laughs> 
I was I was reading a thing that now it's been like a year since everything broke with China, right? It was the preseason, yeah. and Daryl Morey sends out the tweet, and LeBron says what he says, and it's been a year, and now China put game five of the game five or six, I guess in game five of the NBA Finals, uh, back on TV. There, I mean, all this stuff that happened it seemed like such a big deal at the time, and it was, but it's also a long time ago. And you've been you've been a champ coming on week after week with us. We appreciate that. Yeah, I'm happy to. I'm, I'm, you, you're good guys. I I don't know that I would do it for any other two guys. I appreciate you guys, <laughs> how, what you do in that community. Uh, do we have an idea when our schedule's been set for college basketball, for preseason games, or is any of that out yet for Utah? Schools in Utah? Well, it's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. The specifics for some schools are leaking out, but for other schools they aren't known yet. So uh, we're, we're kind of in a gray area right now. So. Good. But when, when college basketball fires up, we'll, we'll get you that. Maybe we'll bug you for the draft or something. But that still gives you a month without us. So, you know, you need a little free time from DJ and PK. All right. Hey, listen, thanks, fellas. Thanks, great, Steve. Great being Thank with you for the run. Yep. Bye-bye.